Edward from Twilight, Blade and Dracula are just a few of the most recognisable vampires in popular culture. But what if we told you that there was a group of kids in the 90s who believed themselves to be real-life vampires? And these kids were not some harmless group dressing up for Halloween. Today, we're going to tell you about Rod Ferrell and his vampire clan, and how they went from drinking each other's blood in rural Kentucky to committing murder. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bienvenue, and welcome to Sinister Societies of Spotify original from Parcast. And I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Every week, we're going to cover your favorite cults, faith followers, and secret societies. We'll look at how some of the biggest secretive societies and cults have made their fortunes. And how they've also managed to run in plain sight and permeate into your everyday life. Today, we're going to tell you about Rod Ferrell and his vampire clan. A clan who would cut themselves and drink each other's blood, believing it was the elixir of life. We'll get into how their fascination with blood and vampirism turned deadly. And just a heads up, in this episode, there will be language and content that is not suitable for kids. We'll also be talking about self-harm and murder. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession this new $10 scratch off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Let's get into the early life of Rod Farrell, the leader of the so-called vampire clan. Roderick Farrell, who goes by Rod these days, was born in 1980 in Murray, Kentucky. He was raised by his mother, Sondra Gibson. And what's my favorite thing about Kentucky, Saruti Bala? Is it the state motto? Yes, it is the state motto, which is unbridled spirit. It is a great Because spirit. what does Kentucky have? Horses and whiskey. Exactly. It's the best one. Everyone else can go home. Yeah. No, fight us on it. I think it is the best state (laughs) motto. Do we have mottos for the countries that make up the United Kingdom? No, we're just like twinned with Sheikh Jarrah. So like, I don't think we have mottos. No. What would the the motto for Hertfordshire be? (laughs) Bleak or posh, no in between. (laughs) (laughs) Bleak or posh, but still white. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) You win. (laughs) But uh, if you are unfamiliar with Hertfordshire and even Kentucky, 
Murray, Kentucky to be specific, here are some facts about the place itself. Uh, it doesn't sound particularly appealing. It's not just the Bible Belt, it's the buckle of the Bible Belt, the really hard metal bit that people hit you with. And that holds it all together. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And up until 2012, so London Olympics 2012, Murray, Kentucky was a dry town. Which Bloody meant, hell. I know. Bloody hell. It's, it's, what? This how? Is too busy with the horses, apparently. Come on. None of the whiskey. So, yeah. So you, how can you be in Kentucky and be a dry town? I mean, obviously you can because it's super bible -y. But it's in the state motto. And also, Jesus fucking wino. Jesus, Jesus loved to drink. Wine. I never understood this. Yeah, he was like, fuck being hydrated. I'm going to turn all this water into wine. Exactly. No, he Jesus, loved I'm it. so hungover. Absolute record. <laughs> so if you wanted booze, mm -hmm. like Jesus would have done. You've got to make it in your bathtub. Yes, you have to do that mm -hmm. and potentially turn yourself blind. Or you just have to drive outside of oh, the, the limits of the county. I see. And then drive back drunk. One would assume. <laughs> or ride a horse. Uh, so let's get back to Rod and uh, let's meet his mum again. Rod's father abandoned Sandra when Rod was just an infant. And when Rod was only two years old, he developed encephalitis, which is Saruti's favourite <laughs> disease. Let me explain. So I'm obsessed with watching a TV show called Monsters Inside Me, um, which if you haven't watched, you're welcome. It's on the Discovery Channel. You can also find endless episodes on YouTube. And... Uh, Every week, they explore different types of infections that people get from parasites. And my favorite one is one where somebody literally splashed his face with some water from a lake and got equine encephalitis. Mm -hmm. And I just really enjoy saying equine encephalitis. I also enjoy saying myxomatosis, which is a disease that kills rabbits. That's the rabbits ones, it is. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great word, though. I quite like necrotizing fasciitis. That is also quite yeah, satisfying. I like that one. But enough, <laughs> enough, enough of that. Of us revealing when we're uh, getting ready to go on stage when we're on tour. Some people listen to music. We do listen to Beanie Man just before we go on. But uh, the rest of the time, we're watching YouTube videos about infectious diseases. True story. Our tour manager came in and was like, "What are you doing?" We just sat there eating Chinese food, watching a documentary about polio. Yeah. <laughs> Full face of makeup and a black dress on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, but. Let's leave our diseases behind uh, this Is that why we're both single? <laughs> it could be. It could be, or it could be my necrotizing fasciitis. Um, so, Got a touch of the equine encephalitis. I do have to tell you before we uh, continue this romantic endeavor. I might also have myxomatosis. I'm both a rabbit and a horse. <laughs> so let's leave the horse bit and just concentrate on the encephalitis bit. When there's no horses involved, encephalitis is an inflammation of the brain, uh, which is due to an infection or an autoimmune response, and it can be life-threatening. And there's also research that has found evidence uh, of a link between encephalitis and schizophrenic disorders, which I didn't know. That is unexpected. So Rod and Sandra lived on and off with Sandra's parents over the years. Rod claims that he was sexually abused by his maternal grandfather, but we do have to say that no criminal charges were ever filed about this. When the pair weren't staying with Sandra's parents, they lived in public housing. Rod's mum introduced him to the fantasy role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. Uh-oh, he's going to be a Satanist. <laughs> Which, like, I want to say it's not as big here in the UK, but then, like, one of our team loves it, so maybe... I feel like it's not as featured in popular culture yes. here as it is in the States. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure if I went to the pub with like 
a large group of my friends and started talking about Dungeons and Dragons, many of them wouldn't know what I was talking about. They wouldn't even really? know. They wouldn't even have reference to it, mm, I think. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Rod, after this introduction by his mother, took to the game instantly and would act out adventures with his friends, specifically Matt Goodman and Howard Scott Anderson. Sandra supported Rod by working as a dancer and occasionally as a sex worker, and she also reportedly abused drugs. It was around 1990 when Sandra's parents bought a house in Florida, so Rod and Sandra would move back and forth between Kentucky and Florida. And this is when Rod got into a new fantasy role-playing game called Vampire, colon, The Masquerade. Yeah, I definitely have not heard of this one. No, I haven't either. I think that's how they want it, though. I mean, it sounds like it. Because it sounds like if D&D is not dorky enough and goth enough for you. Maybe it's like D&D is too sceny. Now we've got uh-huh. to go. Mm, yeah. <laughs> now we need the you next know. thing, the I'm, next cool thing. I'm the real role player. <laughs> so this game, uh, Vampire Colon the Masquerade, has a gothic theme with complex vampire mythology. And it comes with a guidebook filled with references to occult literature like the Necronomicon and the writings of Aleister Crowley, which is, of course, the book of the law. I love I love Necronomicon chat. I love it. I love it so much. So Necronomicon is part of the um, sci-fi, gothic horror culture created by um, Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. And then anybody who is even remotely into that or remotely into horror will know that the Necronomicon features heavily in things like, um, what's the horror movie? Uh, Evil Dead. Yes. So Evil Dead, they find the Necronomicon, blah, blah, blah fascinating stuff and it's like so cool how it's survived throughout that and uh you even know in uh, batman when it's uh set in what's the name of the asylum in batman arkham arkham that also comes from lovecraft and it's uh, yes yeah it's the university library and it's where the necronomicon is kept there you go fun facts they're pretty good at that stuff somebody check these facts i think they're right <laughs> in 1995 while living in florida sandra remarried her new husband was a drug dealer and self-proclaimed Satanist. What a catch. Mm-hmm. Sandra later recalled that this is when she noticed a change in Rod, who by this point was 15 years old. When the new husband moved in, she said that Rod became surly and depressed. He also began wearing black and studied the occult. I would argue bog-standard behavior for a 15-year-old. Bog standard for behavior for a 15-year-old that has just moved in with a drug dealer and a Satanist. And his new stepdad. And his mum is um, And it's all packaged up as his, yeah, as I, his new stepdad. I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm your daddy now. Exactly. No, fuck you. I'm going to learn the occult. But that's what, they, well, that's what you want him to do. He's a Satanist. This is true. Yes. You're not... Come on, Rod. You're not rebelling. <laughs> you're fucking falling in line. You're conforming, you're if conforming. anything, Rodney. Go become a Mormon or something. <laughs> I don't know. Go become like a, what's the opposite of a Satanist? Because I just think it wouldn't even be religious. I think, it, would it maybe? It would be religious though, because mm. they're a-religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Unless unless he's a theistic Satanist, like, um, what's his name? Diabolus Rex. Facts. We can't get into this convoluted theory right now, but if you would like to know more about <laughs> Satanism, over on Red Hand, we have about a bloody two-hour-long episode on the history of Satanism. You can come learn about it there. Um, let's continue on with Rod and his uh, new venture, adventure, adventure-venture into the world of the occult. This was also the same year that Rod made friends with Heather Wendorf, 
who was described in the Orlando Sentinel newspaper as, quote, a troubled high school sophomore who rebelled against her parents over cleaning her room and other trivial matters. That's bog standard. Also, what else are teenagers meant to rebel against against their parents apart from trivial matters? Yeah, exactly. That's They're not the they prime have. minister. <laughs> Everything's pretty trivial. I actually went back to my the town I went to school in, like high school, the other day because it's like pretty and there's a canal and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, just like walking down the road. I was like, it all felt so important. Oh God, yeah. Like it felt like life and death. Yeah. And now like how I've, now I'm old and I'm like, oh, but I think foolish. It's, but I think, you know, it must be kind of an evolutionary necessity, isn't it? That when you're a teenager, your world feels just very small. Well, it is very small. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you're thinking about like what are teenagers rebelling against, it is over cleaning your room, what you're wearing, mm. who you're hanging out with. Stop being on MySpace School. in physics. Yeah. God, I got detention for that. My mom was furious. <laughs> so obviously Heather has uh, this scathing quote written about her in the Orlando Sentinel. But it was actually Rod who introduced Heather to vampirism and occult practices. Towards the end of 1995, Sandra walked into Rod's bedroom and found blood smeared around it. Oh, for God's sake. Get That's not even just being a bit teenage boy messy. No, we've, we've crossed a line. I Why think. is there blood on the walls? <laughs> well, there were blood on the walls because he'd scored his arms with razor blades and dared his friends to drink his blood. Oh, fuck. No, no. Yes, no, yes, I'm afraid. No. I would be concerned at this stage. Yeah, yeah. It's not just uh, listening to Marilyn Manson and nope. wearing a bit of eyeliner, guyliner. It's not even a studded dog collar. No. It's quite a bit further down than that, I think. I think we can agree. It's not even... I don't know if kids at your school did this. Kids at my school definitely did. Uh, like, sort of giving yourself, like, little prison tattoos with a compass Oh, yeah, yeah, something. yeah. Burning yourself with a lighter that makes a smiley face. Yeah. Like, branding each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just drinking bodily yes. fluids. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it immediately. You're going to get myxomatosis. Uh, we already said that no kids can listen to this, but just in case there are any that snuck under the under the Indiana Jones door. Don't burn yourself with a lighter. It never goes away. Right. So probably trying to get him out of this situation, Sandra dragged Rod uh, back to Murray, Kentucky and out of Florida. Soon after they moved, Sandra moved to Michigan with her new husband and just left Rod with his grandparents. Grandparents are the unsung heroes of so many true crime stories. So many problematic parents are just like, I, yeah. I know this was entirely my decision to bring this child into the world, but actually I can't be bothered. You deal with him, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, he's a vampire now. Bye. <laughs> really watch out for that blood drinking thing he's doing now. I'm sure it's just a face. But at least Rod still had his old friends in Murray. Those friends were Matt Goodman and Howard Scott, the President Anderson, who we mentioned earlier at the top of the show. He reconnected with them and also made a new friend in 17-year-old Jaden Murphy. Jaden was interested in vampirism as well and believed that drinking another person's blood was a kind of spiritual communion, which, to be fair, mm. it is. It is. But how many of these bloody kids are out there? He just moves back and he's like, you're into vampirism too? Mm. You're okay with drinking yeah. blood too? Yeah. How yeah. often do you meet people that have the same interests as you? Well, it only happened once and I started a podcast <laughs> with her and here we are. And that was five years ago. <laughs> So it's, it's a powerful thing when it happens. Mm. Um, I have a feeling these children don't fully understand bloodborne diseases, but let's leave that where it is. So Jaden had a nickname. <laughs> no. Yes. 
Uh, and his nickname was the Prince of the City. <laughs> no, no, no. What? Stop trying to oppress his unbridled spirit. Um, and this name came from the role-playing game Vampire Cole on the Masquerade, which Rod, of course, also loved. Okay, you are in Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, yes. What is your next? Shit. Um, I've already outed myself before with my Chili Volps one. Yeah. So it's your turn now. <laughs> I think the vampire community would love you oh, yeah, it's happened before they'd have a they'd have a communal vampire boner over you <laughs> and your long red hair and pasty see-through skin alabaster skin visible veins <laughs> um i'd be the alabaster avenger i've got the pointy canines for it you do you I've do particularly pointy canines. dino mouth i do dino <laughs> mouth excellent it's done and also hannah got me for christmas a um a, an udi that is uh, neon green and covered in dinosaurs, but yeah. dinosaurs with people faces. Yeah, I didn't realize that they had people faces. It's better. It's okay. more, they're more characterful. Coming up, Jaden holds a vampire crossing over ceremony for Rod, but their friendship sours when Rod kills a cat. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So as we mentioned only moments ago, Jaden Murphy and Rod Ferrell connected immediately over their love of vampires. In January 1996, Jaden invited Rod to become a vampire. This involves going through a crossing over ceremony. Jaden took Rod to a cemetery where he made cuts on Rod's arm and drank the blood from his wound. Then Jaden cut his own arm and made Rod drink the blood. Just bad ideas all round. It couldn't get much worse. No, it really couldn't. No. no, it's making me feel very uncomfortable, the idea of drinking someone else's blood. I mean, I don't think it's supposed to make you feel fine. No, I'm saying, I, as I said that, I was yeah. like, 
That's a fine way to go. But also, raised Catholic doesn't really bother me at all. Mm. Yummy, yummy. Mm-mm. No. Do you know what communion wine tastes like? No. Regret. <laughs> Is it not the good stuff? Shame and regret. It tastes like in Croatia, they have like a wine that's halfway between wine and port. It tastes like that. Um, I see. I mean, I don't, but I, I understand. <laughs> I have some reference points for what you just said. <laughs> yeah. In an interview, Jaden Murphy, Prince of the City, later recalled that, quote, giving blood as a gift is one of the most precious gifts you can give someone. It is a total commitment. There is no turning back once this is done. If they just stopped with one of the most precious gifts you can give someone, good ad campaign for a blood drive. It's the next bit that makes it a bit intense. Jaden, you're wasted. You're wasted (laughs) playing card games. You need to be on TV getting people to donate their blood. Genius. Yeah, so get the vampires on print, the blood drive. Print the poster. <laughs> print the poster and elect me president. Now that Rod had gone through his crossing over ceremony, he wanted to help others cross over too. So he convinced Howard Scott Anderson and his girlfriend that he'd magically managed to get called Charity Kesey and her friend as well, who's called Dana Cooper. Rod also began telling people that he was a 500-year-old vampire called Visego. <laughs> And he was regularly using weed, acid, PCP, and heroin. I mean, if I started taking weed, acid, PCP, and heroin regularly, I might also think I'm a 500-year-old vampire called Vaseka. Yeah, and I think it would take me about five minutes before I started drinking bodily fluids. <laughs> I mean, PCP. PCP's mad shit, man. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> weed and then a bit of PCP. Oh, God. Take some PCP and then I'll have a bit of weed just to take the edge off. What's happening? Where's he getting it all from? Probably his mum. Or her drug dealer Satanist boyfriend. She's abandoned him. Oh, that's true. It must be the prince of the city. Yeah, or his grandma. So in September 1996, when Rod and Jaden were out walking one day, a cat scratched Rod. Hmm. And in retaliation, Rod killed it. And this is when Jaden realized he needed to distance himself from the friendship. I love that. People love cats, man. They fucking do. I just love the idea that Jaden, prince of the city, vampire king, vampire crosser over, is like, you killed that fucking cat. Can't believe you would do that. Are you fucking with me? We're just on our way to have a bit of casual PCP and you killed that cat. Oh, we're going to go home and just have a bit of casual PCP and watch Anderson Bride. And what happened to his bloody quote of, it's a total commitment, there's no turning back once the blood is exchanged. Yeah, unless unless some cats get killed, in which case I'm the fuck out of here. And I know we're, we're laughing at Jaden for this, but then I also do think probably quite a sensible decision when someone kills a cat in front of you to be like, mm, I don't think we can be mates anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you killed a cat in front of me, I think it would put a, a kink in yeah. our friendship. Me? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. You've got me. So it's probably a good time to mention here uh, that you all have 212 stuck in your heads. Um, and also that around this time, Rod's mum was sending letters to Jaden's 14 year old brother saying that she would be his, quote, bride for eternity. I don't think Rod had the best crack of the whip from the beginning, honestly. I kind of feel like he didn't have a chance. His mum, mm-hmm. his adult mum, who was married to a Satanist drug dealer who moved back to Florida or wherever she went, is sending letters to Jaden's younger 14-year-old yeah. brother 
in Same. some sort of like reverse Stacey's mum situation that just like should never have been So written. in a paedophile situation. Yeah, 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 well done, Hannah. Reverse Stacey's mum <laughs> is just what we're going to call every paedophile from now on. <laughs> Great. Sign me up. Oh my God. Okay, right. So just a month after the killing of the cat, Rod broke into an animal shelter where he killed two puppies and injured others. Right, now I'm pissed off. This guy needs to not be here anymore. So for this, Rod was charged as a juvenile in the mutilation deaths of two dogs and the beating of 40 others, four zero others. Rod denied hurting the animals. He said he was, quote, very gentle natured. Rod was still in touch with Heather Wendorf, meanwhile. These two had been speaking over the phone nearly every day in the way that only intense teenagers can, despite the fact he was going out with charity. What a dog. He would call Heather's house in Florida collect or reverse (laughs) charged. Oh, oh, Rod, you fucking waste man. He's got enough money to buy PCP, but he can't make a bloody call. Yeah, that is is waste man Mm behaviour. What was the number that you do to reverse charge someone? 141? It was one. No, 141 rings them back. 1471, I think. I'm not wasting. Everyone that. listening to this is America. They don't know. They don't know. They don't. I used to reverse charge my mom all the time. Are you joking? <laughs> so yeah, to call collect or reverse charge depending on which part of the world you currently reside, and this, of course, because uh, that's how collect phone calling works, uh, racked up huge phone bills for Heather's parents. So they put a stop to these calls, which reportedly made Heather quote very angry. She told Rod that her parents were tormenting her. And that is when Rod hatched a plan to rescue her, presumably as a vampire he intends to fly to Florida. But uh, that's not that's not what he plans to do because he um, can't do it. Instead, he told the clan that they could all run away to New Orleans, which is a city that has been called the vampire capital of the world, which I had not heard, but seeing as the late Anne Rice, author of Interview of a Vampire, lived there, it does make perfect sense. If somewhere is going to be the vampire capital of the world, it's probably New Orleans. I would have gone with Transylvania. Too obvious. Too on the nose. Sorry, yeah. That's where they're going to come looking for you. <laughs> there must be a, 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 you know, an America's city. There okay. must be a, you know. What would ours be? You. I think we'd have to go with Transylvania. In England? But I think we'd just be like the European version. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. And we've been to Transylvania, actually, Hannah we, and I went. We have. We've gone to Dracula's Castle. Mm-hmm. We went to Vlad the Impaler's house. Mm-hmm. We stayed in Sigishwara, which is where um, Vlad the Impaler was born. Yep. And we ate pasta out of a wheel of cheese. It was a great holiday. If you can, go to Romania. Yeah, cannot recommend enough. And go to Transylvania. Best soup I've ever had. Best soup we've ever had. Um, Romania's absolutely fucking huge and there are three roads. So you will be driving the same stretch of road over and over again, but it's worth it. So... Rod, Howard, Charity, and Dana headed on their own little road trip, not to Romania, but from Kentucky to Florida to get Heather. Up next, Rod and his so-called clan rescue Heather, but things quickly spiral out of control and surprise, surprise, turn deadly. So let's get into what transpired the day Rod Farrell and his vampire friends rescued 
Heather Wendorf. On November 25th, 1996, Rod Farrell and his companions were now in Florida and they'd picked up Heather. And it's also the day that Heather crossed over into Rod's vampire clan. Rod and Heather cut themselves and drank each other's blood in a cemetery, obviously, because if you're already drinking blood, why not desecrate the dead? And after this ceremony, the girls dropped off Rod and Howard near Heather's house. They planned to steal her parents' car for their road trip to New Orleans. Heather told Rod and Howard where the keys would be. They entered the house through the garage, and this is where Rod found a crowbar. He armed himself with it in case he ran into Heather's parents. Which shows right from the start that if they ran into her parents, they weren't going to just run away. No. They were going to attack and Mm. go on the offensive. Rod then found Heather's dad asleep on the couch and struck him repeatedly on the head. While he was asleep? Yeah, so again, it's not even just if we find them and they Mm -hmm. become agitated because we've broken into their house. But I'm just basically going in here to straight up murder defenseless people. Mm. When Heather's mum came into the living room, she threw coffee over Rod. He then struck her with the crowbar and killed her instantly. Rod burned the letter V into the body of Richard Wendorf using a cigarette. The boys then stole a credit card, some jewellery and the parents' car just like they planned. It's really interesting because, yeah, they they go there on this kind of quote-unquote rescue mission Mm -hmm. as if they're so moral and all of this. But you see, as soon as they go in, they're attacking defenseless people, asleep people. Mm -hmm. And then also the mutilation of the body afterwards, which is very, very... It's crossing even more lines. Yeah, It's very psychopathic, the the extent to which they go. Well, the extent to which Rod goes. Yeah. And then... Rod, Charity, Heather and Howard, with very little options afforded to them, went on the run. But at this point, Heather didn't even know that her parents had been killed. That's miserable. On November 27th, murder warrants were issued for all five teens. They were tracked down after a day in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. By this time, Heather did know what had happened. She'd found out her parents had been murdered. After his arrest, Rod said that he was being framed by a rival group of vampires. How many are there? Just turf wars. Vampire turf wars. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Rod also claimed that he had multiple personalities. Make your mind up. Chuck it all out. I mean, yeah. Why not? Chuck it all. Why not? At the start of Rod Ferrell's trial in 1998, he was just 17 years old. And he pleaded guilty to two counts of murder in the first degree. So he's he's let go of this idea that he's being framed, thankfully, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by the start of the trial. And weeks later, after the trial began, he became the youngest person ever to be put on death row in the United States at that time. I did not know that. No, me either. I've looked into this case before. I was going to pitch it for a red-handed um, like Halloween episode. But uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't know it in this depth. Howard Scott Anderson, on the other hand, received two life sentences in December 2018. His sentence was reduced to 40 years. So that means he'll be 51 when he's released from prison. Dana Cooper and Charity Kesey made plea deals in exchange for reduced charges and sentences. Charity Kesey was given a 10 and a half year sentence, while Dana Cooper received 17 and a half years. Both of them have been released from prison. In November 2000, Rod's death sentence was commuted to life in prison after the Florida Supreme Court ruled that to be put on death row, a defendant must be 17 or older when they commit the crime. 
As you'll remember, Rod was just 16 when he murdered Heather's parents. Heather was never charged for any part in the murder of her parents. In 2006, the Orlando Sentinel profiled Heather and found her married and studying in North Carolina. In 2020, Rod asked for a reduction of his life sentence, but it was denied. Don't do vampiring. Yeah. Actually, no. Scrap that. Mm. Keep your kids away from D&D. The satanic panic were right. <laughs> I take back everything I've ever said. Oh, God. Ugh, the gateway drug to PCP is Dungeons and Dragons, it would seem. I like don't even know what what to say about this. It It's one of the uh, worst cases we've covered so far on Sinister Societies. It's grim. And uh, Heather, I don't know why. I know she's quite a small part in it because she crops up like almost right at the end. And I know it's her parents that get murdered, but it's almost this idea that She makes one stupid decision to tell Rob that her parents are tormenting her, and then her parents are murdered. Yeah, real, like, knife-edge decision. Yeah, and then she just has to live with that for the rest of her life. So there you go. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Sinister Societies on Spotify to get a brand new episode every single week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify. And we just want to give a quick shout out to the sources that we used for this episode. We reference a reporting of the Orlando Sentinel and also Oxygen. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us and you fancy listening to us talk a bit more about true crime every single week, you can come over and listen to our OG podcast, which is called Red Handed, which is available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We have many, many, many episodes on Satanism, vampires. Marcus Wesson and his vampires. We do, Marcus Mm -hmm. Wesson. Um, We also, like I said earlier, have an entire big old deep dive into um, the Church of Satan and Anton LaVey, the roots of Satanism as it exists now in the modern world. It's all over there. Red-handed. Check it out. And we'll see you next time. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Podcast. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Gemma Waters. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood. And fact-checking by Cara McAleen. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti Bala. <laughs>